Welcome on into the Superintendent Radio Network. I'm Matt Lowell, Managing Editor of Golf Course Industry Magazine. Today, the fifth episode of Off the Course and the first episode on the Superintendent Radio Network of 2020. What a time to be alive, a new year, a new decade, and maybe a time some of you are setting goals, some of you are setting resolutions. The most common, of course, hey, I need to eat smarter. I need to smoke less. Maybe I have a beer less a week or two beers less a week. Maybe I need to lose weight. Maybe I need to exercise more. Well, our guest today was in that position about nine years ago, Brian Boyer, the golf course superintendent at Cinnabar Hills Golf Club out in San Jose, California. The year was 2011. He weighed about 205 pounds. He smoked two packs a day. He figured he needed to get fit. He started running. And now he's running ultramarathons, ran a 100-miler down in Alabama back in 2018. He's going to share his story about balancing ultramarathon training with raising two kids now who are 10 and 8, and obviously working in the industry. So a lot of time demands on him from every corner. Before we get to our conversation with Brian, a quick thanks to our sponsor of Off the Course, AquaAid Solutions. For more than 30 years, AquaAid Solutions has been helping turf managers around the world develop comprehensive agronomic plans to produce healthy, environmentally aware, safe, natural grass playing surfaces. They're proud to deliver best-in-class solutions for management of key elements for a healthy and sustainable plant system. Their solutions include wetting agents, soil surfactants, calcium and potassium products, and worm power turf, all of which help the end user optimize his or her agronomic programs. Incorporating Aquaid Solutions' technologically advanced active ingredients with cutting-edge equipment technology in Iments, Vrito Cedars, and Seagrow Mobile Grow Solutions, turf managers are offered synergistic solutions, delivering long-lasting agronomic value, improved aesthetics, and playability. Thanks to Aquaid Solutions, and thanks to Brian Boyer. Let's get to the conversation. My guest again today, Brian Boyer, the veteran superintendent at Cinnabar out on the West Coast uh, in San Jose or near San Jose, coming up on 15 years at the club. A Michigan native, though, who moved out West uh, back, what, about 2005, Brian? 2002, actually. I came out to California for an internship. And as is always the case on Off the Course, we talk about literally anything off the course. You've got a heck of a hobby, and I think the timing here is right. Uh, In early January, folks are setting resolutions. Maybe some folks are setting goals. And one of those goals is always, I need to lose weight, and I need to work out more. And diet is obviously a big part of losing weight. But working out, whether it's 10 or 15 or 20% of weight loss, it helps. You are a pretty aggressive runner. Yeah. People have said that, or stupid runner, go either way. <laughs> I'll go with aggressive, though. Yeah, it uh, it became a passion uh, about nine years ago after uh, my daughter was born, actually. Well, nine and a half years ago now. The, uh, prior to getting into running, I was actually uh, 205 pounds. I smoked two packs a day um, coming off of high school, and... Yeah, the doctor told me that my my daughter's always going to have a cough if she's always on my shoulder inhaling the nicotine, and, and that gave me the bug to quit, and started running. So becoming a dad was kind of the spur. Uh, how did you start? Because you run 40-plus miles a week every week. You've run a 100-miler. You run ultra marathons. We'll get into that. But 
nobody starts at that level. How did, how did you get into it in about what was about 2011 or so? Yeah, uh, so my first run was just a quarter mile around the block. And by the time I got home, I was puffing, huffing and puffing. And, uh, you know, um, a lot of times when people start these uh, exercise resolutions, this was kind of a delayed resolution. It started in March. Uh, no, actually, no, it was right around January. Um, you know, the, you, you get through that first run or exercise and it hurts real bad, but then you stop. And then it's real hard to get back going. Well, I just kept pushing through those first few days, just quarter mile, quarter mile, quarter mile. And eventually that got a little bit easier. Then I got to a half a mile. And then I, you know, I kept working up. And, and finally I got to about two miles that I could do. And uh, and the weight had started coming off pretty quickly in my case, uh, having not done really any exercise in years. So, uh, and, and it gave me self-confidence, too. Which, you know, I was pushing myself to do things that I hadn't done, and uh, that, that motivated me. How many quarter-mile runs did you get before you upped it to a half a mile and then three-quarters of a mile and a mile? It's always it's always uh, tough at the start. A week or so. Um, I, I remember I did do uh, – I tried a mile, and I remember walking the last half of it home. <laughs> um, so then I went back down to my uh, quarter-mile and, and just did what I could do. And, uh, you know, it took a while to get up to a comfortably doing a mile. Uh, and the pace wasn't – you know, I wasn't doing a fast pace, uh, but it, it took shoot, a good couple of weeks just to get get that following built up to a mile or so. And, you know, that's a warm-up now. And the bug took you pretty quickly. What was, uh, you've been married to your wife, Jennifer, for about 15 years or, or 16 years now, I think? Uh, yeah, coming up on 16. That's fantastic. Congratulations. What was her reaction when you started? Uh, when I started, she was, I didn't tell her I was going to quit smoking. So uh, I told her I was at the doctor's. I was giving a prescription for Shanta, um, best $25 copay I've ever had. Um, you know, some people can do cold turkey. That was that was not me. Uh, so she was ecstatic. Um, she didn't know I was going to have plans on quitting smoking. Um, and I had gained some weight from uh, you know, cutting back on the cigarettes. So she was ecstatic. Uh, I don't know if she's as ecstatic today as she was back then. Uh, I can tell you for a fact she's not. But uh, uh, back then, she was really excited for me and the family that I chose to do that for, for them. And myself, but, uh, mostly. Is she a runner at all, or, or does she, you know, you're, you're out on the West Coast, I don't want to play into stereotypes, but yoga or Pilates or, or anything outdoor active since you've got you know, I mean, you're you're farther north. It's not this beautiful Southern yeah. California weather, but it's still it's California weather. She is active. She is not a runner, and uh, we've talked about running together, and we kind of forget about that usually. Uh, she's really into um, into her fitness classes, uh, whether it's um, step or kickboxing. Uh, she likes music. She needs to have music. She uh, she needs to have something to entertain her. Usually, you know, I can go out for hours and entertain myself. So, um, you know, everybody has a different motivation. So that's hers, and uh, we both respect uh, each other's motivation. And over time, you said you started about January, early 2011, about nine years ago now. 
what was the what was the first year like, Brian, in terms of of building up, of balancing a new hobby and a new activity with, you know, a very demanding position at Cinnabar? Yeah, it was pretty rough. Um, you know, a lot of the times, so we started at four thirty in the morning, we finish at one thirty. Two o'clock is that little. I had a, usually an hour window at about two o'clock where I can run, and I would do it. But that was always the hottest part of the day, and at that point in my running uh, days, I didn't really feed myself properly or at the right times. So I'd either go into a run too full or I'm empty. And then you have the you know, heat of the day just beating down on you. So I wasn't very smart about it back then. I still have my moments now, but um, uh, it, it was tough at the beginning. And, and I just kept pushing myself. And... You know, I didn't know the fueling strategies or the hydration strategies. I didn't have the knowledge there to um, to be smart about it. And I definitely had some sore days in the beginning, more so than that. You're doing much longer races and runs now. Um, 100 milers are, are just a world apart. The longest I've ever done, I've done seven marathons, and that's barely a quarter of, the, of that distance. What was the first race? Do you start with 5Ks, do you start with 10Ks, and just say, oh, I like this, and then build up from there? I, I did a Mother's Day 5K, I think that same year, 2011. Uh, I had a, and I, I put up, a for me, what I thought was a respectable time. And uh, But, you know, 5Ks, you know, there's always going to be 100 people faster than you. It's just there's a lot more of them. So... I just kept pushing the distance, and uh, so I did a 10K, but then, oh, I think it was my first trail race. It was a 30K in Poole, California, uh, the Knickerbocker 30K, and then my next race was a uh, 50K that I ran with uh, Superintendent Kevin Breen at the Rinconada Country Club, and Thomas Bass has been at But it did not take long to go from a quarter mile huffing and puffing to beyond a marathon. That's pretty incredible. Yeah, and actually, I have never done a marathon. Um, I attempted a marathon in, I think it was 15 or 16, the Detroit Marathon. So it would be kind of cute to go back home and do a marathon, especially in the fall in Detroit when it's supposed to be cold. It ended up being 70 and muggy, and I just died. Uh, it was the uh, first race that I never finished, actually. So, um, yeah. So I've never done a marathon. Uh, I, I hope to do one. But, yeah, I did jump pretty quick. And uh, I, did, I didn't do it all myself either. I, uh, I did hire a trainer and tried to be smart about it. At what point did you did you bring in that trainer, that outside help, to kind of plan everything out? Yeah, it was uh, December before my first 50K, so I gave myself a six-month window. I worked with a trainer named Lee Lambert. She's here in San Jose. Uh, she's a extremely uh, accomplished ultra runner in our area. She's won the Tahoe Rim Trail 100 once or twice, and 
she's just really an outstanding runner, and, and she was a great coach. We met uh, twice a week, and then she designed a, a workout program for the rest of the week, uh, you know, like a speed day, a hill day, a rest day. And she really kind of gave me the framework of what a running program is like and how to run within yourself. You know, how, you know, have a workout today, but don't go so hard that you can't run tomorrow. Kind of deal. And, that, and that introduction or that framework, is, you know, I still use, use that today. Um, it was vital for that first 50K, definitely. So when you did your first 50K, that was before you, you hired her, correct? Uh, that was uh, when I hired her. Okay, so that that made it a little easier. What was what was the feeling like going up to the first fifty k? You keep saying you've never done a marathon, but in my mind, you've run fifty k's, you've run hundred k's, you've run hundred milers. Those are longer than a marathon. Those count. Yep. So it's more time on your feet. Yep, and that's what yeah, that's that really worried me because I don't think my longest training one was more than eighteen or twenty miles going into that fifty k. And I kept asking Bree, I'm like, well, what, what's the next 12 going to be like? I mean, this, that, you know, be, being superintendents, we prepare for the unknown. We have all the, all the unknowns planned for or to the best we can. And, you know, how, how do you plan for this, you know, another hour and a half on your feet when you've never done it before? And, uh, you know, she just kept mentally telling me, you know, you're going to get through it. You know, you get that far, you're going to get through it. Uh, but, you know, I was, I was scared. Definitely scared, but you know, I also had Thomas and Kevin telling me, you know, they've done it, but they had done a 50k the year before, uh, the same 50k the year before. So, I mean, I knew it could be done, it's just you know, the unknown was uh, unsettling at the time. And I know two weeks before, I was like, oh, I'm not gonna do this, I can't do it. And you know, so your mind's going playing tricks on you, going back and forth, and you know, you get to the start line though, and you know, you put in all that time, just like starting a project on the golf course. You know, you get to the start of something like that. You, you know you've done, you check all the boxes, and that's to give yourself the best chance to succeed. And when you did get past 18 or 20, and you've got, what, about 11 or 13 miles to go, what was what was the thinking? That that training well, that she gave you held up, it sounds like. Yeah, it, I mean, the training was there. My, my, my legs were okay. I didn't uh, fuel myself right. So it, it definitely hurt. And this particular race at mile 26, or no, mile, uh, what is it, mile 20, I believe it is, you can go straight and do the marathon distance or take a right and add a, you know, the extra five miles on there to make it a 50K. So I, I was coming into that at aid station at mile 20, I believe it was. Like, all right, I'll just do the marathon distance. You know, I did my best. But then I got there, and I was like, how can I, you know, I got uh, Kevin and Thomas. They're going to be waiting for me at the finish line because they were doing it. My wife and kids are down there. So, you know, as much as it hurt, I, I mentally, uh, I couldn't quit. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, it definitely hurt. It was, uh, my feet were swollen. I, I had muscles aching right in, I mean, in my chest. I mean, you don't go your chest, but uh, so I thought. I mean, it, it hurt. It definitely hurt. But uh, it nice to accomplish the goal that we set out for and almost hit the time that I wanted to, but uh, came up five minutes short. So it was a good introduction race to, uh, to the ultramarathon team. And since then, you've gone on to run how many more 50Ks, 100Ks? 
you went down to Alabama to run your first hundred miler. We'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Uh, so, so two, uh, I think I was 14 or 15. Uh, I did the 50 K then 2000, the next year I got into Lake Sonoma 50 miles. So my first 50 miler, I uh, hired Bree for that. And then the year after that, I thought I was good enough or ready enough to do the Squamish 50-50 up in Canada. And that was uh, 50 miles on Saturday and a 50K on Sunday, which may be the craziest thing I've done, more so than the 100-miler. Um, and then the next year, I did the Miwok 100K, which uh, was my first 100K. Yeah, that was probably the best race of all. Uh, and then Dan Dare, 100K the year after that. So I tried to do one, you know, one key goal a year. That hasn't been portrayed yet. But, uh, you know, I like to, to focus in on one thing. And uh, so you had Dan Dare that year. And, and then kind of got up to the Alabama race last you know, 2018. No 100-milers in 2019? Uh, no. So I actually got hurt during the 100 uh, oh, no. race in Alabama. And I'm just getting back into running just now. Okay. So nothing in 19. What happened in Alabama? So in Alabama, so, uh, this, my, my, so I had another trainer. Her name was Liza Howard. She's out of Texas. She got me into the Bandera 100K because she's from Texas. And then she told me about this race called Benhody, 100 miles. And I, and I told Bree, I told Eliza for many months um, when I worked with both of them, ah, I'm never going to do a 100 mile. That's not my thing. And then Eliza kind of put this Benhody 100 mile on my head. And I just like, yeah, whatever, I'm not going to do it. But then I saw it was in Silicago. And one of my favorite memories in, in golf is going to Farmer. Uh, 2010, in the year that they had the Masters with um, Tiger Woods' first year back after his, his deal with um, his ex-wife. And so, you know, when I saw Sly the Collier on there, I got I kind of got a little little itch, and I just finally told my wife, you know, I'm going to do kind of like a, a reunion thing. Or, uh, you know, it's a memorable race. It would be a memorable race. And that's how I got into it's in Hody, um, trained for it, all of 18, started getting a little injury towards uh, July or August of 18, <clears throat> didn't know what it was, I just thought I had a sore ankle, and mile, uh, well actually before I even got to the race, I didn't know if I was going to get on the plane, I had a left Wednesday, and you know, with all the PT work I had been doing, uh, I thought, okay, well I'm good enough to to start, so I'll just go to the race. But I didn't want to get into the race and drop out. That wasn't that wasn't my goal. My goal was to go there, run at a certain time, and uh, I, wasn't, I didn't want to have to think about dropping out. So, um, so I got on the plane, started the race. At mile four, the injury came up, and uh, I still had 96 miles to go. <laughs> so, uh, Not the way to start a hundred miler. It wasn't. No, it wasn't. Uh, but, you know, I, the pain came and went throughout the race. You know, it moved around to all different parts of the body. <laughs> so uh, I wasn't just focused on that one left foot or ankle issue. And 
Yeah, it was it was brutal. You know, I planned for 22 hours. It took 28 hours and change. I was by myself. Uh, I I was at the finish line, just puking. My body just shut down. You know, you spent 28 hours on your feet, everything jostling around, and then I just stopped. And uh, it took me about two and a half hours on the football field to uh, be able to get to my car. The prettiest experience, so in a way, I'm glad I didn't have anybody there waiting for me. But uh, it certainly would have helped in hindsight. What do you learn about yourself when you're on your feet for 28 straight hours moving, and whether you're running or shuffling or walking, you know, things that you learn about yourself that to that point in your life, almost 40 years old at that point, you're like, yeah. oh, huh, that's the case. not just what I learned about myself, but everybody. We all have 10% more. Um, you know, there was at least three serious times where I could have, I wanted to quit. Uh, people helped me. Um, and then, you you know, at one point you want to quit, but then you get to your next spot and you're like, hey, I did it. Okay, that, there's some positivity there. And I, just, I just know there's more that we're capable of, that I'm capable of. And uh, you know, this is a book that I'm reading right now that finishing the 100 miler and you said it was about the last 20 miles that you walked at that point in time you're doing probably three to four miles an hour tops walking so it's another five or six hours of walking at that point just to finish the race yeah yes it was brutal six hours um the last 15 miles of that race is all open fire road well in california we call it fire road it may have been a maintenance road i'm not sure what they call it in Alabama, but um, um, it was no longer single track, beautiful trails with, uh, with trees overhead. It was just a road, <laughs> and it was absolutely brutal. Um, there was one point I was walking next to a donkey with like six miles to go, and I think the donkey was running. So uh, it was it was a strange time. I was walking with a guy. We both had a good laugh about it. But, um, yeah, every stepper. uh I was tired and slept, uh, and with the, you know, the time difference, you used to stress pills, so I was getting harder on the body, so um, it was just one foot in front of the other, and, and again, I had nowhere else to go, so I you know, just get to the finish, that's where my car was, and uh, I eventually got there, but man, it was, it was a brutal success, 
and since then, a little more than a year recovering from injury. What was your what was your 2019 like, and and how did that kind of play into your personal and, and professional life? You've had running for so many years. You know, doesn't doesn't seem like you had a lot of hiccups along the way, and here you are, major injury for for probably the first time in in your running career. Yeah, you know, uh, before I even figured out what my injury was, it was it was a big letdown. You know, I know my wife questioned what was going on with me for a couple months, and it was it was hard for me to admit uh, the accomplishment. Uh, I saw I still see it as a failure. Uh, I did not go to that race to f- just finish. I, I went there with a goal. I didn't get my goal, and um, yeah, my trainer and I I think she's actually a little disappointed in me because I, I don't see it as success. So there was some mental uh, you know, questioning of, of my abilities, and you know, I'm sure I was, well, I know I was not always very pleasant to be around at home, uh, especially since I wasn't able to run. So in the race, I tore uh, the posterior to the off tendon, which is on the inside of your ankle, and it took me a couple months to figure that out. I finally found the right doctors, and it was, it was a rough year in 2019. Now, I will say I had a lot more time focused on the golf course. Good and, good and bad, I don't, I don't know. I think uh, there's a, there was a healthy balance before with running and kids and, and work. And it was a little heavy on the work side this time, but a little bit last year. But uh, it was different, definitely different. You know, I, Gavin's doing all these great runs. I mean, he's going to turn 58 next week, and he's running the best he's ever run. And, you know, I'm going to races with him, watching him race, and, uh, you still wanted to be part of the community, but it, it was tough. Definitely uh, would have loved to have been out there with them and doing something, but uh, I will say I, I saved probably about two grand in running supplies, so my wife is happy about that. Since I just got my first shipment of new running shoes for the year last week, and she's like, oh, no, not this again. <laughs> but, uh, she's like, I liked, uh, I liked 2019. I liked it when you didn't run as much. Yeah, you know, I had more time for the kids. I was getting them earlier from daycare. Um, but there was also something missing, too. You know, you know, a lot of times, and even years coming up to 19, it was like if I was cranking, I was like, go for a run. Go get it out, you know. And sometimes it's a stress relief, and uh, I, didn't, I didn't have that. But I did start going to the gym and getting learn some different techniques. But I, I, I still really and, and miss the running and, and how have you over the last few years especially as the mileage has increased and the time outside of the house I'm guessing has also increased how have you managed to balance working at at Cinnabar raising two kids under 10 years old now now 10 and 8 but under 10 at the time and building up mileage you know to the point you're out probably five or six hours most weeks. And, and when you're training and you're really building up, you've got, I'd imagine, three, four, five, six-hour runs at least, yep. if not longer. I mean, this is an industry that the, the new super, the, the new survey, uh, State of the Industry survey that's coming out in the uh, January issue here shortly, the average, the average number of hours worked among all the respondents was about 55. And I think the yeah. average time working out per week was maybe three hours a week tops. Yeah. I mean, how, how do you balance all that? 
I got really good at scheduling. Uh, my first maybe eight years as superintendent, seven years, yeah, I would stay till four and five, but I was wasting time. You know, I with this schedule I have now, I'm there from 4.30 to 1.30. I know what I have to do between 4.30 and 1.30. And so I, I, you know, I, I have new time. I need my new time. This <laughs> is what it comes down to. I'm running by 2 o'clock, uh, Tuesday through Friday. Uh, weekends, if I happen to be off, I'm getting out the door at 3.30, and I'm home by 9.30. My kids are up at 8, so I still have family time. So I'm not missing really that much family time. Now, race days and it's family time. Um, so it really came down to the work balance is just making it more um, uh, more efficient. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was not an efficient worker. Um, I, I firmly believe we can all get our jobs done in less than 50 hours a week uh, for the most part. Uh, but, you know, it's just you gotta you got to balance your time and, and have a program. And that's that's what I've been able to do. Um, I will say, you know, early on, I didn't always make the right choices between uh, kids and running. Uh, but now I've got a much better uh, balance there, especially now that they're older. You know, they still want to hang out. You know. So until they don't, um, you know, they still come come before running. Um, and, and I try to make them a part of it, too. It's, it's selfish. You know, a lot of us runners, like these also. You know, you'll see us crossing with, with kids. And it's really, it's pure selfish. But uh, they've, they've, been, they've been part of some of my big runs, especially Alabama. They've been in all of them. And any way I can involve them in it is, is a plus. And what have their reactions been like over the last few years? You mentioned Jennifer, your wife. It sounds like she understands you have replaced one addiction, smoking two packs a day, with another addiction, which is, you know, just going out and running and running and running. But the kids, you know, they're a little younger. What are their reactions? I imagine when they were real real little, it's like, yay, Dad, go, and you clap. But at this point, it's like, Dad, you got another race. Yeah, you know, uh, back then, they just liked the medals that I'd come home with, or the belt buckles in some cases. Uh, my daughter, she doesn't, uh, Samantha, she's 10. She doesn't, you know, she's uh, proud of the accomplishment. And I'm a, a Girls on the Run volunteer, which she's a part of that program as well. Mm. And um, so we've got to connect a little bit over the running. And and it's not really about the running. It's the mental side of it. You know, you, know, you try to tell these girls, it's all third, fourth, and fifth grade girls, you know, that you can do more, that nothing is stopping you. The only person stopping you is you. And so we bonded over that. Um, you know, my son and I, we get into the macho side of it. You know, just ran for the X amount of hours or did whatever. So that, that that's still pretty cool. And he really wants to be a, a superintendent and have and do these extracurricular activities as well. Right now. So, um, so it's, been, it's been pretty fun with the kids. So I don't think they fully understand it, but um, I think they appreciate it. And they're getting to that age where, you know, middle school track pretty soon, uh, maybe middle school cross country if their school has mm-hmm. it. Uh, have they expressed any interest in following you at least for 800 meters or, or a mile or two miles at a time at this point? Are they still just a little too young? Uh, they're still too young. Uh, my daughter's in, and they're in other sports. You know, my uh, daughter's she's doing softball and 
I should maybe be doing basketball, too. She's actually uh, pretty good at it. And then my son's doing soccer and flag football. So, uh, and with both sports, they both hate the running part of it. So, <laughs> uh, no desire there yet. But uh, oh, that would be great. I, I've seen pictures of uh, fathers and college-age da- college daughters finishing marathons or doing races together. Oh, that'd be fantastic. But, you know, if, if that's not what they want, that's not what they want. Um, you know, there was a story of a guy, uh, multiple stories. Uh, his name's A.J. Williams, and he did a 100-mile race in Colorado. And he had his son, Pacer. Uh, so Pacer is somebody that's allowed to run with the uh, registered entrance for whatever, each race is different. But in this case, the last 40 miles. And... I mean, that would be great if I got to run with my son for the last 40 miles of a race or something like that. Um, but if, if that's not what they desire, then, you know, each their own. I will support them however they, they choose to do it. Well, you just have to stay healthy for another 14, 15 years, and he has to like it enough to pace you in 14 or 15 years, and there you go. Or she. I mean, there's, uh, there's so many great female runners right now. Yep. It's, uh, uh, there is no stopping them from um, my daughter from anything she wants there. But yeah, well, 14 years, we'll see what happens. Yeah, a long lot, way from now, what I'll be doing then. <laughs> a lot of great women's distance runners. Some recently retired, but. Uh, yep. yep. Especially just in America. I mean, there's so many great ones. Uh, Shalane Flanagan comes to mind first. But. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, uh, there's a lot. She, she's here in San Francisco, I think. For sure. Um, yeah. So as as 2020 dawns, uh, I can't imagine you have too many resolutions other than to stay healthy. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but what are what are your some of your goals, uh, especially especially personally? Yeah, so uh, 2020 uh, for my running goals, you know, I've already signed up for a race in March. Uh, doing that with Kevin, way too cool and in cool California. Uh, last year, my goal was to do the Tahoe Rim Trail in five days or less. Uh, it's 220 miles. Uh, that didn't happen, so that is on my list this year. Uh, probably the Tuesday after Labor Day. Uh, that. Uh, hopefully get a buddy to go with me, but if not, I'm prepared to go by myself. Um, it's basically a fast pack. Not necessarily a run, but maybe about 40 miles a day. Camp and... Uh, carry a pack of less than 18 pounds, hopefully. Hmm. And uh, that's the big goal in September. And um, outside of that, uh, I continue to try to make myself better in all aspects. So that's the golf course. There's a family. I know one of my resolutions with the kids this year is that not swearing as much. So the running goals, but everything's geared towards passing. And any advice to any other superintendents or directors of agronomy or directors of green and grounds, whatever the the title and responsibilities are, any other turf heads who are listening to this who are thinking, well, I don't know, I just maybe maybe I need to, but I probably don't want to. Well, I mean, if the desire is there, uh, I would say uh, get either get online and find some training programs. Um, Hire a coach. There's so many of them out there that are online now that are somewhat affordable. 
So if running is the goal, then I would do it smart and, and get a training program and listen to your body. Um, if it hurts, then, then don't run. Uh, but uh, if, it's, you know, if it's not running and, and you, you still have some desire to be more fit, you know, find it makes you happy. And running, in my case, is what makes me happy, but not many people you know, have the same desire to be out there by themselves for hours on their own. Or, or, when I was in high school, we had a T-shirt one year on the back. It said, "Our sport is your sport's punishment." So that sums it up pretty pretty succinctly, I think. That's about right. Well, Brian Boyer, superintendent at Cinnabar out uh, in San Jose. Thank you so much. Is there anything before I let you go? Anything you want to plug or promote? Anything you have going on? Uh, at the club or just, just California golf in general? Well, I know uh, I've been a part of the Northern California Superintendents Association board now for you know, a little over seven years, going on eight. And uh, I know we've got a lot of great things coming up here in California with the calendar. Um, and I know uh, and we've got an event next week where everybody's going to sign up this week. So my only my thing is in your local association, <laughs> But, uh, um, no, we've got nothing uh, other than, you know, a bunch of events, uh, five events this year. It's going to be a pretty very key year, I believe. So, nothing else on the thing. Sound advice. Always be active with your local association, if nothing else. Yeah, I mean, the attendances, the network opportunities are incredible. Well, whatever your resolutions and goals are, we wish you all the best in achieving them in 2020. Again, Brian Boyer from Cinnabar, thank you so much for taking the time. And thanks, as always, to AquaAid Solutions for their continued support of Off the Course. Have a great day, and thanks so much for listening to the Superintendent Radio Network.